0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wick The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, Fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wick
1: Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
2: Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We are at the Bluefront Cafe for the 73rd birthday party for the Bluefront, and um, first up playing this evening is Ryan Lee Crosby. He's sitting here with me now. Ryan, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good, Alan. It's great to be back.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, so we recorded an episode last time, and the uh, it didn't come out in the wash. It sounded we ended up sounding like robots. I don't. It does that every now and then. I don't know what causes that. It was just something in the ether. Yeah. And, and I feel like we'll do a better job here, so uh I, everything happens for the reason, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quieter now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And um it's our second time meeting. I met uh Ryan at the Bluefront Festival earlier this year and I got to see him live for the first time. Excited for the sit tonight and uh we had the pleasure of being the sound men earlier.
1: We might be the sound men tonight too. <laughs> That's right.
2: And I don't mind it. Uh, That was one thing when I pulled up today, you know, talking with Gilbert and Jimmy and just everyone who really just came in to make everything happen is uh, we got to work together to get this done here.
1: Yeah, got to pitch in.
2: That's it. And so uh, uh, Ryan has been on the show. We did a Zoom call in the past. Uh, Ryan is from uh, Boston. And just to kind of let people get to know a little bit more about you, uh, what are you involved in?
1: What am I involved in? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I uh, play guitar, sing and play guitar, uh, write songs. Um, sometimes I write articles and essays. Um, I study uh, or have studied music of different traditions, and I teach music as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Before... The pandemic I used to tour two to three months a year and um now I'm just you know playing a little bit here and there right on oh and I guess I could also say I've I, I have a record coming out next year that I'm uh, in the early stages of um organizing so I hope I hope I'll be touring again next year
2: and I know we've talked about this in the past but um I want to talk a little bit about your influence um with these uh, different traditions and cultures of music that you've been learning and the styles, uh, what led what led you to that? Um,
1: I think, you know, I think, um, just a, a love of music and wanting to recognize and appreciate that people have. People all over the world have their own cultures, their own histories, their own communities, and that's a beautiful and sacred thing. From my point of view, I think growing up, I've just loved a lot of different kinds of music. And over the years, I've tried to, I find myself uh, wanting to... Appreciate the cultural and communal aspects of music, but also just trying to listen to different kinds of music for uh, what's what's universal. What are just the broader qualities of music? And so I think that leads me with an interest in different directions. Um, in the last few years, especially, I've been really, uh, really focused on blues from mississippi because i've been fortunate to be able to spend you know time here as much time as Mm. as i can and so i've really just tried to organize myself around that um i do feel like there's something there's something so pure and beautiful about blues from mississippi and from the south that it can uh, I know at least for me it can it can make me feel like there's no other kind of music in the world. It just it's just what I want to listen to and think about all the time. But uh-huh. uh but yeah, as I as I look back over the course of my life I've always been interested in different kinds of music.
2: Yeah. And uh just how did the relationship with you and
1: uh Jimmy uh get started? Um well I was uh I had learned some of as best I could some of Skip James's repertoire uh, from Paul Rochelle um, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. Paul told me, you've got to go down there. Because I, I was studying with Paul at home in Boston, and uh, it's like, you've got to go down to Mississippi. And so I just kind of filed that away in my mind, and um, then I got a chance to with uh, my friend Ted Drozdowski to play the Juke Joint Festival. I was playing in his band, and that was 2014, and that was when I first heard of Jimmy. hmm And I, I didn't realize that there was still, that the blues was alive in Bentonia, and that uh, I knew a little bit of, about Jack Owens, but I hadn't heard of Jimmy yet. And so I missed him that first year, uh, but I called him on the phone a couple times after. hmm um, and asked him if I could, if I could come down. Um, and yeah, we talked a couple of times and I think it was, it was hard for me to hear him and the train was going by and all that. <laughs> and I sent him a, I sent him a CD, uh, that I'd been working on in the mail at the time. And then I just, I just kind of thought, Oh, you know, uh, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem like it was the right time. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I came in contact with Gilbert Vowell in 20, 2018, and then he made it possible. Uh, I, re- I talked to him, and I reached out to Michael Schultz, and uh, I came down in February of 2019 for the first time. Yeah, and uh,
2: I mean, just looking back to 2014 and now, you have an upcoming show uh, in Memphis where y'all are going to be uh, sharing the stage together, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's been uh just the greatest joy to to be able to come here and um try to learn as much as i can and grow as much as i can and uh it's really helped me in um you know just just finding and reconnecting to a love for people mm-hmm. that i think uh i was less in tune with before i started coming here
2: yeah, right on and i mean just to mention this for anyone who is interested uh in the bentonia tuning and the style um, Ryan wrote an article uh, <laughs> for uh, gu- Premier Guitar. Premier Guitar, and uh, that was one of the first times that I had seen an article where they actually got the uh, tuning right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but you you notated that it's there's two different ways to go. Mm. Like I think it's C sharp, and then like some say what D flat or something. You know, well, I which think, is the same note.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think. You know you want to see the tuning or any tuning for um, uh how how the strings you know relate to each other so if it's you know the cross note tuning you've got d a d f a d or uh, you know c sharp g sharp c sharp e g sharp c sharp it's to my mind it's the same tuning but you're in different keys mmm So seeing the underlying relationships between the tuning, I think, you know, because it seems to me that like hearing Jimmy on any number of nights, he just depending on where his guitar is tuned, seems like he often plays around C sharp, around. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but it could be elsewhere. Yeah. But the the relationship between the notes is, in theory, the same. And we have the people,
2: you know, like Robert Conley Farr and Philip Sable and yourself who have uh, uh, learned under Jimmy, and I'm, if I'm leaving anyone out, I apologize, but uh, it, but I think that you said it right there, it's, it's good that all these people are getting involved with Jimmy and like keeping this alive, because mm-hmm. Jimmy really was the only one left that I'm aware of that was keeping the tradition.
1: Yeah, I don't know of anywhere else from town... Um who uh grew up with it or learned it along the way or still plays it um i mean jimmy's grandson i guess uh i believe his name is ej fox yeah. mm-hmm. uh i haven't i haven't met him or heard him but i've seen a video of him mm-hmm. um so i i know that he's he's learning yeah um but i don't i don't know much of the details about it
2: and let's talk a little bit about the the instruments and a bit of your set you've got a couple of new songs that you're going to be sharing this evening
1: Yeah, I think so. At least one or two, I think. Yeah.
2: And so, uh, what is the instrument you have laid across your lap?
1: That is, uh, it's just like a six string lap steel. Uh, I guess it's a morel lap steel. Um, it's kind of, I find that instrument a little hard to play. It's a little hard to play and stay in tune (laughs) compared to, uh, when I'm at home, I have, um, regal dobro that i usually play lap style Mm -hmm. but uh you know it's hard to travel with that yeah right yeah so but this this one's cool it's got it sort of it sort of fights back you know it's like an untamable it's an untamable beast yeah and uh i mean just while we're talking
2: about instruments i got the name wrong last time uh it's a foreign instrument uh i think you
1: didn't you recently do a show the chaturangi yes yes
2: yes yes so how did ha- that come about?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, in a way, you know, uh, you know, I I was I heard. Um, do you know the guitar player Michael Chapman? He 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 died recently. Actually, he's a British guitar player.
2: I believe that's the way he's familiar, just because I've heard he passed. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't uh, real familiar with his work.
1: Yeah, uh, I think he had a pretty wide body of work. I don't know it all very well, but. I was listening to, uh, he has a record called Rainmaker, um, probably from the late 60s or early 70s. And he played this one this one little line that sounded to me like it was played with a slide, but I, I actually don't think it was. It was just the texture of the line. Um, but it almost sounded to me like a sitar, but he was playing in a bluesy kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where you feel like... Uh, It's like being struck by lightning, you know, where you just, you just realize, oh, this is the, this is, you know, I'm going to think about, this is the next thing. And so, um, you know, soon after that, I realized that there were actually already, there was already a way to play Indian raga on slide guitar and that there was a tradition of it that had been evolving, uh, since probably the fifties or sixties. Whoa. Yeah. Um. I don't know if the guitar is widely accepted yet as a as a Indian classical traditional instrument by the 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 greater, you know, uh Hindustani classical community, but but it's it, there are some really wonderful pioneering musicians who have uh modified guitars and are are doing beautiful work and so um, I was really lucky just to happen to get to meet a musician named Debashish Bhattacharya, mm-hmm. who is—I um, probably said this last last time we talked about it. I think he's he's probably the the greatest slide guitarist in the world. And oh, he, my. He's, uh, is this in Boston? Yeah, he was in Boston uh, from Calcutta, and um, I got to spend an afternoon with him and uh, stayed in touch with him and was able to get one of the guitars from him that he designed and uh, wow. took a series of workshops with him when to he was a learn how to master town. it? I mean, more to try to learn how to begin it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I don't know that I really got there enough. But then after that, uh, so much of that music, the way that it's taught and learned is, is by singing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might think of Ravi Shankar playing the sitar, uh, or Ali Akbar Khan playing the sarod, but, you know, that music is taught by singing and it's learned by singing. So it turns out there was a really wonderful uh, Indian classical Kyle vocalist in my neighborhood named Warren Senders who lived right down the street from me. Huh. So I started taking lessons with him for probably, probably close to two years and uh, that informed a lot of the last record I made, which is called River Music. And that is a uh, doesn't have a ton of chutarungi on it, but it's a blend of twelve-string uh, guitar, tabla, calabash, uh-huh. uh, some and you have your
2: twelve-string out there today, right?
1: Yeah, that I see is my primary instrument. Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, let me ask you this: uh, you made mention of that music. It's important that it be taught by singing. Mm. Uh, what about the correlation of the Mississippi blues? How do you do? You, do you feel it to be in the foot, as Jimmy says?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I have this kind of corny joke, uh, that I tell my students, um or sometimes I'll ask them, you know, what's the most important note in any song? It's uh the foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, which no they never laugh at. But uh <laughs> but it's it's so true.
2: I mean if you ever come down here and watch Jimmy, I mean what will Jimmy tell you?
1: Yeah, watch my foot. If you wanna know where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And, and uh, I feel like what it means to me, you know, and I think that some of my new songs have been a reflection of what if I tap my foot half as much? Because I feel like, you know, I, I love the guitar playing of Robert Belfour, and I really admire and, and love the guitar playing of Joe Ayers. And, uh, you know, watching them play, you know, and thinking about a foot tap mm-hmm. and where the thumb is. Bump, 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 mm-hmm. bump. You know, there's your pulse, and you might really be feeling things that way, and that creates its own momentum. But if you cut your foot in half, for me, that changes how I feel all the way through my entire body emotionally. Yeah, yeah.
2: I feel that, yeah. When yeah. You, when, right when you cut it in half, and I, I, I didn't know if your thumb was going to keep going, but your your thumb slowed down too.
1: Yeah, I Mo- mean more feel, right? Well, yeah, so I feel like I've really been trying to feel into that a little bit, and I think some of that comes from, you know, enjoying records by Ali farka Um I've been learning one of his songs, and uh, that's I've been kind of thinking about that a lot. And one exercise I have some of my students do sometimes, uh, the ones who are, you know, kind of learning something about this style, is that, yeah, we may play an exercise where we... You know, the thumb and the foot is going like this. And then maybe, you know, we'll add like a slide line or a melody line. But then mm-hmm. you keep that thumb going. Cut the foot in half. Keep the thumb at the same speed. Bring the foot back. Cut the thumb. Uh, or sorry, uh, uh, look at that. You know, just sort of splitting one and then the other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe doing it as a you know, say like a monotonic bass line or an alternating bass line. That
2: creates a lot of discipline.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think that idea kind of comes from the study of Indian music in which things are categorized, organized, explored from every possible angle. And then when you explore it from every possible angle, you will kind of um, ascend and descend through a series of melodies. Mm -hmm. And I do think that what that creates is... uh, yeah, a sense of discipline, a sense of focus. Um, one of the things that I loved about, I mean, I don't feel that I can play uh, Indian raga music very well, but the benefits of it, I think, uh, are that it's its helped me to feel more of a sense of centeredness, focusedness, uh, a willingness to to just kind of be where I am and play from where I am and not not have to rush into the next thing or to leave space and i see that as correlating really directly with some of the things that you know i've observed or heard from jimmy too and that you know he's told me you know don't don't play too fast you know slow down watch my foot you know the 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 pulse is important and you know there's not uh I I think you can say in a generalized way there's not a lot of chord changes in "Bentonia Blues." Mm-mm. Some of the songs and a lot of my favorite things that I feel like I've heard Jimmy play sometimes uh, are just a single chord, and that has that same centering effect I find, as um, like a tambura does in raga music.
2: Even though, like with some of those songs, it's one chord or even maybe two. Um it doesn't feel like it though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I believe. I mean, there's you know, it's that bass bumping, and he's he's doing things on the treble side of the, of the frets, mm-hmm. which adds a whole lot of depth. But he's there's not a whole lot of chord changing, mm-hmm. and it's 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 amazing how much he gets away with.
1: Yeah, it seems. It seems to me, uh, I can't remember if Jimmy had said this to me or this is something I interpreted, but. Something about the Bentonia style to me seems like it's about the uh, creating and holding of a mood or an atmosphere, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, that is like a very clear intention in uh, North Indian classical music. Each rag uh, has its own mood and its own feeling, and if you... If you play a note that is out of the raga, it's, like, highly frowned upon because it destroys the mood, and it's all about that creating and sustaining of a mood. And one time Jimmy was, was showing me all the notes that you could play on the fretboard. Mm-hmm. I think he was telling me that Jack had showed it, Jack Owens had showed it to him this way, where, he, you know, you can play here, 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 and here, and you might not play the note that you meant to play, but as long as you stick to those notes, you know, you won't... Sound off. yeah you won't fall out yeah
2: and that's the thing about it is like uh right when you hit that wrong one everyone knows it (laughs) yeah i mean i guess it goes to the mood it's like you you broke the mood yeah absolutely well just with uh uh the indian reggie raga raga yeah of can that be done if someone wanted to like I mean, have you have you wrote a guitar for Premier Guitar about it or write an article?
1: I, I, I did. Uh, it's a very it's a very preliminary article. I mean, I'm not I'm in no way qualified to teach that music, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't. But I did I did write an article with just a very introduction, very 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 basic basic introduction. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, if people were interested
2: in looking into it, on top of. If you wanted to know, like, Bentonia or Hill Country, the best thing you could do is go to Clarksdale or Bentonia Mm -hmm. and just come see it for yourself. Because you have R.L. Boyce and Jimmy uh, who are so gracious to be able to... They'll show you any and everything you want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, it seems to me like the main two differences is once it goes back to... Uh, the foot with the blues and the voicing or the singing of the the Indian style Mm. which
1: you know interestingly uh, but they coincide right yeah I mean also if you think about or I guess what what I've you know what I've considered is that uh, well you can you you know it's uh, one could present one could sing or express the blues like a complete and total expression of blues simply by singing and and tapping their foot mm-hmm. um, you know maybe like uh maybe like sun sunhouse is grinning in your face or um you know I think that comes to mind i mean or you know uh. The earliest blues melodies, you know, were not accompanied by guitar or by yeah. any instrument. Perhaps, you know, just the whatever tools were being worked with. So you had, you know, your melody and, and your and your pulse, and then uh, so the, those are very, you know, elemental, strong, deep similarities between two seemingly, you know, two traditions that may seem like they're completely worlds worlds apart. Mm-hmm. But both those styles, if you listen to a raga. There is uh, the melody, which is played by the instrument or the singer. Mm-hmm. There's the harmony, which is played by the tambura, which uh, is a little hard to describe, but if you heard it, you'd likely recognize it. Like if you ever listened to George Harrison's Beatle recordings where he's got sitar, you know, like you hear the sound of a tambura, And then the tabla, which is the percussion. So it's really melody and, and rhythm are the driving forces of I think both those styles of music and you know, the guitar is uh you know, for me the place where I feel most expressive, but um it's there to support the the voice.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh to go ahead and walk this out, we're getting close to Yeah. Getting ready to start is yeah. um just about your music and where people can find it and uh just uh, get in touch with uh your articles from your guitar. And just your other projects, uh, upcoming shows even.
1: Yeah. So I, I would love to mention if I could, that I have a a new record. Uh, I recorded it in Memphis with Bruce Watson, who, uh, was the, is the producer for Fat Possum and made all those wonderful records. Awesome. Um, that's going to come out next year, but the, uh... How did that come to be, y'all meeting? Um, through my friend, uh, Nick Loss Eaton. Okay. Yeah. Um who is a musician I know who happened to be working with Bruce at the time. Uh, well, works, he works with Bruce. Um, but Nick is from up in Boston and he moved down to Memphis and, uh, but we, yeah, it all kind of goes back a few years, but so that record is done, but I'm just, just in the early stages of launching a pre-order for it. Okay. And, uh, the first track premiered on American blue scene today. And, uh, there's a pre-order link on my website and, uh, I'm trying to raise funds to to get the record out there next and year.
2: What is that website?
1: RyanLeeCrosby.com dot com. Perfect. Yeah,
2: and uh, just as far as social media, uh, always uh, to stay in touch with what you got going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I reluctantly exist on social media uh, on Facebook, um, Ryan Lee, Ryan Lee Crosby music and uh, Ryanleecrosby at Ryanleecrosby on Instagram, and uh, I'm on YouTube also. Perfect. And Spotify and Bandcamp and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, and uh, just to plug your YouTube channel, I mean, he's got some good videos there. Uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed. Uh, oh, thanks. And Especially the most recent one that was uh, shared yesterday, I think on your uh, music page on Facebook. I, I, Rex shared it. It was floating around. The, I saw it this morning when I woke oh, up. Oh,
1: that might be the, the new song that premiered on uh, yeah. American Blue Scene. Yeah, there's a, it's on a YouTube clip. Yeah. Yeah that's probably what i'm thinking about right well perfect uh anything else to add or subtract uh no just it is great to talk to you alan and great to be on porch talk and i'm really glad to be back in bentonia
2: yeah man it's great to see you again and i cannot Mm. wait to uh, catch you said i guess i'll be right there with you as a sound guy (laughs) (laughs) excellent all right man uh let's get out of here yeah thanks